All right, welcome back, Cowboys fans. Uh, we're tuning into your fourth episode of Breaking Down the Boys. I'm going to start out, obviously, on a little bit of a sad note here. Uh, we we lost our fearless leader in Dak. Um, the man underwent a gruesome in- injury to his lower right leg. Uh, obviously, it was a compound fracture, broke through the skin, and he dislocated his ankle. It's, it's a huge blow to the team, obviously. Um, Mentally and just performance-wise, you know, Dak's the heart and soul. Things are just different when number four is in there. Um, I've always been a Dak believer. This one kind of hit me like really hard during the game. Actually, I was. Uh, I know we won the game. We won 37 to 34 in a, another nail biter of a win. But it was just tough to focus on the rest of the game. Uh, the only thing I kept thinking of was, oh my gosh, that's the season. You know what's going to happen. I hope Dak's all right. This was. Almost as bad as a Alex Smith injury, you know, Zach Miller, where you really don't know how a player is going to come back like that. But I know I'm just hoping for the best for him. You know, the guys are really rallied this week. Uh, Zeke kind of put the team on his back a little bit. What were your guys' initial reactions from, you know, Dak going down and the Cowboys pulling through 37 to 34 against the Giants? Nick? Um, well, man, and. It was obviously a, a scary injury for Dak. Um, so, you know, first first reaction, um, you know, it was terrible. Uh, but then you start thinking, you know, like, what's this going to do for the future of, you know, not only the Dallas Cowboys, but of Dak Prescott, you know. Um, you're talking about a guy who got signed to the franchise tag in the offseason, not a long-term deal. He has no guaranteed money after this year. There, I mean, he has no guarantees that he's going to be able to play football at the same level. Um, I do have faith that he's going to come back after, you know, hearing the diagnosis, hearing about the surgery and everything. Um, you know, but that's basically where, where my headspace was for, you know, the rest of Sunday. And uh, my thoughts on it, I guess, are, you know, that's your leader. You know, when your leader goes down, it's hard to – you know, it's hard to rally, um, but, you know, I'm thoroughly surprised with how well Andy Dalton played. You know, he came into a tough situation, obviously, and, uh, you know, stepped up and delivered some great passes. Obviously, Gallup, you know, made some even better catches, and, um, you know, they were able to still pull out that win, but, you know, it is going to be tough. It's going to, you know, it's not going to be easy, but, you know, looking at our schedule coming up, it's not the worst situation for Andy to step into. Um, you know, we're playing some teams that are definitely still winnable games and, you know, looking at, you know, what Andy Dalton has done in his career, you know, I'd say he's probably the best backup quarterback in the league right now, as far as, um, all the other teams and and what they have available. So, um, you know, if, if another team lost a quarterback, you know, I, I don't know if they would have as much confidence going to their backup quarterback as we have. So, um, you know, he's a professional who'll do his job, but like I said, man, when you lose your leader, it's a, it's a tough pill to swallow. Oh, absolutely. Had, and that's kind of the reason we signed him this offseason. You know, he's making $3 million. Incentive-wise, he can get up to $7 million, But you always know or you're always thinking that this is a reality of the situation, you know. And like you said, Nick, like we don't know what's going to happen. We really hope Dak's going to come back and be the same player that he is. He's a fighter, you know. For any of you that don't know Dak's story, he's been through hell and back. You know, he lost his mom. Uh, he's gone through a lot of stuff recently uh, with his brother passing. Um, he's talked a lot about mental aware, mental health awareness uh, just for himself and speaking out. 
uh, throughout the league about it. But, you know, this guy is one of the more resilient players in the league. And you could just tell from the reaction that the league, you know, if you were checking Twitter, everyone was checking in on him, you know, prayers up for Dak. I know I tweeted something and Sage, I saw you tweeted, Nick, I think you did too as well. Um, but it was, you just saw that this guy was a well-respected individual around the league and people just want to see the best for him. Whether I it's think with, the harder, keep going, sorry. I mean, obviously whether it's with the Cowboys, we don't know. It's Nick said, you know, non-guaranteed contract, you know, he's betting on himself this year, but you know, I'm hoping for the best, it, whether it's in the Cowboys winning. uniform or not. And, and winning. Yeah. For the, but I, the I think the hardest part about it, but the hardest part about it was that you just saw how, like, emotional he was, like, getting carted off. And I don't even, you know, like, I, I don't even think that was pain, you know, tears. Like, I just think that was, like, emotional tears that he's, like, this guy can never catch a break. You know, we talk we talk about his story, you know, what the guy's been through with his mom and his his brother and um and then this you know and I just think it was emotional tears like he just felt like you know now he's let his team down and the dude is a gamer he just wants to play and um I feel like that was just the saddest part about it was that the guy was just so emotional and and that's what hit me I mean I was almost (laughs) I was watching it with uh Abby and and we were almost crying just sitting there watching just because the guy was just you know distraught and sad how could you not? He's such a good, good dude. You know, he's not just a good football player. Um, you know, which this is going to be a little dickish, but the Dak, the Dak injury is the first one for me that I was just as concerned about the person as I was about the athlete and what they were doing for my team. You know, when Tony Romo went down, as much as I love Tony Romo, when Tony Romo got hurt um, in Seattle. I, I remember being like, oh, shit, you know, the Cowboys are screwed. What are we going to do? When Dak went down, I was like, oh, shit, what's Dak going to do? You what know? are Yeah, what is he going to do? Right. It's, it's a tough situation, especially because, like, we keep talking about the contracts and, like, we can't avoid that topic. because That's a, It's a super relevant to- uh, yeah. conversation. Yeah, and – He's been betting on himself the past three years, you know, and it just seems like it's been a prove it year, a prove it year, a prove it year the past three years. And he was proving it this year. Obviously, you know, we talk yeah. about leading the league in yards and everything, but you got to admit the guy is definitely far and above the 2016, even though he won the offensive rookie of the year. You know, he's far and above the 2016 Dak Prescott that came into the league. Yeah, he's he's been very impressive, you know. Um, it's a shame. It's a crying shame. And Spence, I was texting you after, and I, you know, I think um, I said to you something along the lines of like, it's just unfortunate because when you were just brought up about proving years and stuff, I feel like this takes him back to square one again, and it's just like, you know, he's got now a a, a health liability over him now. Um, if he can play at the level he's going to play, so I just feel like even though he was proven himself and I believe he would have gotten paid at the end of this year, I, I quite frankly, I don't, I don't see how you're going to pay him now. Uh, and, you know, I think he's going to have to do another proving year, unfortunately, you know, and show that he can stay healthy and play at the level he can play. I you mean, know, what, what number do you offer? What number do you agree to? The reality of the situation is you can listen to talk radio. You can listen to us voice our opinions about, you know, what the Dallas Cowboys should do. They should sign him. They should franchise tag him. They should wait a year. They should let him go, whatever you want to listen to us say. But no one knows 
besides that Jones family. And I love following Des Bryant, you know, longtime Cowboy. He still loves the Cowboys, you know, tweets out during the games. He's basically a part of the team. Um, and he said, tweeted immediately once it happened, he said, Jerry Jones or the Jones family, you know, you better take care of that man no matter what. You make sure he's set for life, you know, because, you know, obviously worst case scenario, Dak won't be able to play again. I don't think that's the case. I think he's a fighter. He's going to come through rehab. He's going to kill it. He's going to do everything he can to get back on the football field. But, you know, it's a reality situation. Things do happen. No, I mean, Dak, he's going to play again. It's just going to be a question if it's going to be at the same level, you know, that he's been playing. And unfortunately, you know, I know people are emotional, and and I was emotional about Dak going down. And you want to, you know— you hope that, you know, he's going to be set if he can't play or, if you know, even if he's not at the same level and stuff. But unfortunately, you know, I mean, Jerry's a businessman and the league is a business. And you're not just going to put, you know, tens of millions of dollars on somebody that, that just, quite frankly, is can't play at that level, you know. So that's why I said to you, I was like, he's got to just prove himself again. And it sucks, but it's just the reality. And um I mean, it's going to be a big question mark. I, I think it, it's going to be, you know, you're going to have to see how fast he can recover from this when he starts his rehab, how he's looking going into next year and stuff. Because, yeah, I, I don't see him coming back this year at all, obviously. Um, but it, it's going to be interesting to, like, follow that story and journey of, of Dak um, coming on back. And, and uh, who knows? Maybe he'll look good in, in preseason or whatever, and, and they can work a deal out and get him paid. But um unfortunately i think because it is a business you know they're gonna wait yeah i mean especially being a biased cowboys fan you can't be naive about the situation you have to be realistic and like you said sage see where things go hope for the best and you know i know all three of us are praying for a quick recovery you know get back on the field as quick as possible i know they're aiming for late april or early may for him getting back with uh spring practices with the cowboys so We'll see. But uh, getting back to the Cowboys game, uh, I said earlier we won a, another nail-biter, 37-34 over the New York Giants. It was a huge divisional win. Uh, Greg the Leg does it again. Really scared the leaving, living bejesus out of me, you know, on that left to right <laughs> to left uh, field goal. It was like every kick that happened. Yeah, every <laughs> single one. It was, And the it last was, one was uh, the closest. Oh, my gosh. But finally – it looked like, and obviously it's because Dak went down, but Zeke came alive a little bit with this offensive line. What did Nick? I know you you're you were big on you know getting the running game started again. What'd you think? Well, um, eventually it needed to happen, you know, but I don't think it was necessarily his fault. I think that he just wasn't the focal point of the offense. You know that last week he averaged four and a half yards per carry. That's mm-hmm. per. That's pretty damn quality, yeah. you know? So it's not that, like, Zeke has been, you know, just stinking it up. Now he's got to learn how to carry the ball a little bit better. He's got to learn how to catch the ball a little bit better with some softer hands. Um, but as far as his rushing, rushing ability, that's been there all season. Um, it's just that it's being featured now, so we're going to see a lot more of it. Yeah, and finally, um, I don't know what you guys thought, but he was – hitting holes hard and like sage you've always said it to me he's like dude once zeke it actually you were right in the beginning of the season stage you were like just wait until the 
games, Zeke just runs with a different Dude, ferocity. It's like, it's like when he plays the Giants and when he plays the Eagles, he runs different. Like, if there's somebody in front of him, he lowers his helmet right into that guy's pads and he just runs them completely over. And he doesn't do that every game. Like, you know, because quite frankly, like, if you do that every game, you're not going to be in the league, you know, quite long. So, but it is weird. Like he like puts the, he like flicks the switch in his mind when it's a divisional rivalry game and he just runs with a different attitude. And I love it, man. And, you know, and of course, like these are the games he always puts up, you know, pretty decent numbers. It's disdain. That's what it is. He's run. He's running with hatred in his heart. He hates the New York Giants. He hates the Philadelphia Eagles. He hates the Washington, whatever the hell else they're going to be. <laughs> you know, like he just hates them. And you know what? I don't blame him. Yeah. Yeah. And especially this week, it was refreshing to see our run game get back to where it's been in the past. You know, almost 20 carries. He had 19 carries on the game, which is awesome. But finally. At least not for the first six or seven minutes of the game. Defense kind of seems like they're coming back to life a little bit. How about Jalen? Jalen looked good. Jalen looked a lot better. I mean, it couldn't. I don't want to say it couldn't have gotten worse, but he definitely wasn't looking like normal Jalen the first four weeks of the season. He looked great. He was flying around. He's led the team in tackles, I think. Yes, he did. You know. And help having Anthony Brown back. You already saw what happened. Yeah. Our secondary Deep, looks solid. Defense well, definitely solid. made like higher percentage, you know, quality plays than any week prior. But at the end of the day, we still let the Giants give get forty or thirty four points on us, which is Disgusting. not something to be like too proud about. I was hoping I predicted you would say nine. That. Yeah, I was. <laughs> I was hoping either of you would bring that up because I was thinking the same thing when I was like bringing up the or making the outline for today's show. I was like, you know, we let up 34 points to the Giants. And then I looked at the box score and the uh, scoring plays. Andy Dalton fumbled the ball where it set him up on our own 18 yard line. That's a touchdown right there. When uh, we were on defense, we sacked him, took him out of field goal range. And then that. Uh, 12 men on the field, you know, that's just coaching. Brought him back into the field goal range, that's another three points. You know, Yeah, that was stupid. That's 10 points on the board right there where it's just stupid little mistakes. And obviously Dalton hasn't taken any snaps with Tyler Biadish all year. So I, I'm not saying that was bound to happen, but, you know, it's one of those but, freaky little things. Yeah. No, I mean, I don't want to be, like, negative about the defense because I do feel like that was, like, one of the better games they played. But – at the same sense, it is the Giants. We, I feel like we did still let up too many points. Worst and offense quite, in the league. Yeah, and quite frankly, I think like we also made Freeman kind of look like a superstar a little bit. He definitely you know? solidif- he solidified himself as the Giants RB1 right now. Yeah. And not for nothing, it was playing against our defense. But still, um, right. I agree, Sage. I think going forward, we're taking little leaps and steps where we're getting to where we need to go. And I don't know if you guys saw Richard Sherman talk about, you know, our, tef- our defense just doesn't have an identity right now. And, like, we don't have a, uh, a base system that we're working around. We're just kind of throwing things at a wall to see if they'll stick. But right there, that Sunday game, it seemed like we're kind of piecing things together, trying to figure out what works. Obviously, it took us until week five for it to happen. But it was encouraging to see a little bit of light and 
ferocity out of the defense. You know, D-Law is playing well. Do we think that Mike Nolan being on the sideline instead of in the booth has anything to do with the defense? S- defensive scheme maybe clicking a little bit better, or you, we think it's more of an effort thing? I don't know. In my opinion, I when I saw that update that Mike Nolan was coming down on the sidelines, I, I was like, okay. For what? Uh, yeah, I was like, what is he going to do? Rally the guys? You know, he's yeah. a 65-year-old, 60-year-old guy. Like, yeah. what is he going to do? Like, jump in their faces and get them all excited? But maybe it, it changed things. Maybe it was the scheme thing, but I think it's more of an effort thing. So, yeah, that's my opinion. I don't know. I guess it's an effort thing, but, again, who knows? I'm not an offensive or defensive coordinator. I'm not a head coach. Well, how about this one? I, I forget who it was. Somebody tweeted out on Sunday that they would fire Mike Nolan and call Wade Phillips immediately to come in, come in, install a system, and go ahead and take the, the D.C. job moving forward. How do you feel about that? I didn't like Wade Phillips as a head coach. I liked him when he was in Denver as a D coordinator. <laughs> i tell you what, that, that man, that whole family, honestly, can put together one hell of a defense. Um, if Wade Phillips is at all interested, I think he at least deserves to be in the conversation. Um, the, the talk so far about Mike Nolan has been that his system is too complicated. They haven't been able to completely install it. Well, guess what, bud? Your inability to adapt, that's what that's 50% of you know coaching capability. If you can't adapt to your current situation, which is limited offseason, limited time with your players to put in your new, complicated, super sophisticated system, you need to adapt. You need to figure out what your dudes are good at and let them be good at it. Um, and he's he hasn't done that yet. I yeah. think it, I, I think it would be nice maybe to see some uh, some change. Adapt and react is the name of the game in professional sports. You know, it's one of those things you have to do, or else it's you know live or die. That's yeah. what it is. But towards the end of the game, um, Amari was a little quiet all game. But how about this man, Michael Gallup, just putting on an absolute show at the end of the game? Uh, Yeah, yeah, I mean, I I touched on it earlier. You know, Andy Dalton made some good throws, but he made some better catches. I mean, they weren't perfect throws, but I mean, the catches he made with tight coverage, uh, I mean, just hard catches in, in that time of the game, I mean, that needed to happen. I mean, he just got it done. And I mean, ultimately... I think those, I mean, without those catches, we don't win, but um, stepped up, man. When when your leader goes down, you know, who's going to step up? Gallup stepped up. I Yeah, I absolutely love Michael Gallup. The fact that, you know, I mean, who, who, I mean, we, we, we keep touching about this, but who are you going to cover? Who are you going to double cover? I mean, you can't, you can't pick one of the three guys who is more or less dangerous because if you neglect any of them, they're going to make you pay. Um, and Michael Gallup just, I mean, put on a, a toe-tap clinic right there at the end of the fourth quarter. You take making two tightrope catches um, over top of guys, around guys, contorting his body to make difficult catches in different, difficult situations and to make sure that both of his feet stayed in. I mean, you can't say enough about the guy. Amazon Next Gen Stats has, uh, you know, the hardest catch uh, probability um, and – out of the top 10 hardest catches this week, those were one and two. Really? Oh, wow. Those were one and two. Um, wow. 
He, Mikey G, Mikey, look at you go, Bo. You know, we don't, we don't have a wide receiver one, wide receiver two, or wide receiver three. We have one A, one B, one C. Yeah. Yeah, and, we have three ones. And, yeah. you know, subcategory, Cedric Wilson, you know, one D slash quarterback. Yeah. The three best wide receivers in in our division play on our team. And you could yes. make an you could make an argument that Cedric Wilson deserves to be in the top five. You can make an argument that Cedric Wilson's the second best quarterback in the NFC East. <laughs> quarterback? Uh, quarterback. Okay. You saw that you saw that throw to the Dak. Well, um, uh, that's fair. Uh that's fair. I'm totally that, kidding. Obviously, he's not the second best quarterback. No, but you know that was a great that was a great call and a great throw there on that Dallas special. I just don't know if we should have brought it out that early in the season against a team like that. But we were one and three, so we needed a win, obviously. Well, a little spark, you know, a little uh, something to get jazzy about. But how about just the the balls to call a trick play? When's the last time you saw a Dallas Cowboys do a a trick play that wasn't a jet sweep? <laughs> the jet sweep has been our trick play for the well, last 10 years. Was that the Philly special? That was the Philly Dallas special. Dallas special. Yeah. It was a little but different now it's the rendition. Dallas special. Dallas, Dallas. The 214 special. Woo. There's, nice. there's another wide receiver that we haven't been talking about, and he's making waves. Our guy, CD. We, I feel oh, like we yeah. keep talking about him every week. What a stud. Love CD Lamb. CD Lamb is a stud. To be a rookie and doing what he's doing, I mean, it is – that dude is going to be making some big money, and he's going to be a cowboy for a long, long time. He's a special oh, yeah. talent, we, we and hope. he is a game changer. Yeah. He's well, if Jerry's league. smart, he yeah, will be Jerry, a cowboy yes. for a long, long time, and he will pay him what that man deserves to be paid because he I, – dude, I don't know. Was it this week or a week ago where he – he got hit so hard in the head. Week. It was this week. Yeah. And, and like, you know, like just catches the ball. And I mean, like half a second later gets absolutely throttled in the head and just pops up and is like ready to go. I mean, like I was Those like, what in the first world? down celebration? Yeah. Oh, dude, he is so good. I, I love CD. I'm not going to lie. I, when I was watching that play, I was a little concerned that he was going to wasn't going to get up. Um, yeah. Because that was a hell. That was a hell of a shot. Um, you know, I'm, I'm really thankful, um, you know, to Sage's point about how much money CD is going to command, um, when it's contract negotiation, I'm really happy that we don't have to worry about that for a few years. Cause when we finally get the DAC deal done, we're going to be strapped, you know, with Amari, um, unfortunately I think we're going to end up losing Michael Gallup. Um, but you know, we're, we're still going to have Amari, DAC, Zeke, you know, we'll have Lyle, uh, Zach, Zach Martin. We're gonna have a lot of hefty contracts. D Law. Before uh, last night's Chargers Saints game, um, Pro Football Focus came out with their rookie ratings, and there is one person that's higher than CD on the rookie Pro Football uh, ratings. Can you guys guess who it is? Justin Wait, Herbert. Uh, rookies, you're saying? Rookies. Before the last night's Chargers game, Nick. Oh. Like over all the weeks? Yes, over all the weeks. Oh, see, I, I had somebody in mind, but he didn't play all the weeks. Oh, I'll tell you. 
Joe Burrow, and it's by .1 points. Wow. Yep. Look at that. See, he's making you, waves. I'll tell you what, man. What a stud he is. He really is. Joe Burrow is going to be a good one. Yeah. Dude, yeah, he, I feel bad for Burrow right now. Like, he's just getting obliterated and can't even mix it up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's part of the rookie NFL. You know, you go to a mediocre team, you're going to take your lumps and just kind of have to play through it. He's he's doing fine, though. I, I think he'll do – he'll have yeah. a great NFL career. But, yeah. One, one of the – sorry, Spence. No, um, go for it. Um, so one of the things that um, you have to take into account, though, Dak, this is the first time he's ever had to deal with something like that. Because, like, Joe Burrow's coming in just getting his dick kicked in because he's got a terrible offensive line. Um Dak walked right in and had a great offensive line. We protected him. This was the first really season that we've had a like average to sub-average uh, offensive line since he's been in the league. Um, and unfortunately, this I mean, it was unrelated because it was Logan Ryan. It was a, it was a, a defensive back that ended up tackling him. Um, but you know, that, I mean, it's just unheard of for a, a starting quarterback to come into a situation like that. And um, up until now, Dak's been really lucky. Yeah, he's been fortunate coming into the league, obviously, with came into the league with Zeke and everything. Um, you know, he's got a ton of weapons now. And I think the only year that he really had to, quote unquote, struggle was when Doug Free retired and he still had Lyell as a rookie, he had uh, Tyron, he had Zach Martin, he had Travis Frederick, and we kind of pieced it together. And I don't say, but we shouldn't say pieced it together because we were the second coming of the Great Wall of Dallas. But still, yeah. you know, Dak's been very fortunate ever since coming into the league. And you know, this this year is a lot different, obviously, because the NFC East is fortunately not great. But we got back to top of the division. The Eagles lost. Um, we're two and three. We uh we got a not a tough road ahead of us. Obviously losing Dak is kind of big, but um we actually have a Monday night game coming up, prime time, uh, against the Arizona Cardinals. Kyler Murray and that uh high powered offense. Uh what are you guys' initial thoughts on the Cardinals this year? Well, I mean, picking up new Hopkins in the offseason, what I mean, it was the greatest steal in a trade since Jimmy Johnson. I mean I, I don't know how that trans transpired because he. I, I can tell you why because the guy that did it is out of uh, coaching. He's out of a job. <laughs> right. Okay. I, I guess a better. <laughs> it's true. I guess a better way to phrase that would have been. I'm not really sure. You know how anybody could have thought that that was a good idea. You know. Well, Bill O'Brien did. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how. Um, but Kyler Murray has been impressive. I mean. I mean. He has, you know, become a little bit more refined as a passer this season. Obviously, having a guy um, like DeAndre Hopkins catching passes from you is going to, you know, it's going to help. It's going to help. Um, but the two of them, I think, are going to be really dangerous for a really long time. Yeah. Tyler Murray definitely has a few weapons of his own. Um, obviously, Christian Kirk's having a down year, but he's got old, reliable Larry Fitz, you know, Hall of Famer, first ballot. Um, Kenny Drake is kind of having ass if he heard you say old reliable. <laughs> he's my version of Jason or uh, yeah, Jason Witten, you know, just old yeah. reliable. Throw him over the middle. <laughs> Come on, he is old reliable. He's what thirty six years old. He has oh, he more. He has more. Uh, what is it like? 
it's more something than drop passes in his career or something like that. Uh, more pass breakups. Than, really? Or, yeah, or no, it's more tackles from interceptions than uh, drop balls this or in his career. That is insane. Yeah, he only has like 18 or 19 drops in his 17-year career or something like that. Oh, my gosh. He is old reliable. That is an incredible stat. It's probably my favorite stat, actually, in the NFL. How could it not be? I know. But, you know, again, this week, um, they have not really a two-running back system because Kenyon Drake's the number one over there. But we got to have another stout uh, rushing game. Obviously, we we did let up like 65 yards to Devonta Freeman on the ground. But uh, they have Kenyon Drake. They have Chase Edmonds, which – really is kind of coming along these last two weeks he looks um, good he does look good and nick we lost your boy on the d-line i know tristan know. hill out for the year, for the year. torn acl mm. oh yeah i mean that that's a heartbreaker because i mean last year i mean you know how matt i was furious at, at tristan hill and the whole organization last year but he has taken so such tremendous steps forward this year he looked good um he's maybe our best defensive tackle as of yet um uh, for him to go down like that while he's making a name for himself and you know it's just it's sad to see you hate to see it yeah and And not only that but he's getting overshadowed by the DAC injury which is obviously more significant to the team but and that injury happened earlier in the game than Dak. Right. Which I was, I didn't even realize. Like I remember seeing him get carted off the field and then they talked about it. Once Dak went down, I was like, wait, what the heck? Tristan Hill got hurt. Yeah. Yeah. It just kind of puts it in the back of your mind. Um, Sage, I know you love running quarterbacks. What do you, uh, what do you think for Kyler Murray's outlook against the Cowboys Monday night? Well, obviously, dual-threat quarterbacks are, you know, the new age of quarterback in the NFL. Um, and, you know, it, it, it is a bigger challenge. You know, I think what you saw um, with the, the, the Vegas um, Chiefs game was that they can really contain uh, Mahomes really, really well. Um, you know, they didn't really bring... Um, a lot of blitz action or anything like that. They dropped back in coverage more, ran a lot more QB spy. Um, and it really just couldn't really get Mahomes' legs working all that well. And Mahomes is a freak. I mean, he can get on the run and make some incredible throws. Um, but you know, that's kind of like what we got to do with Kyler here. I mean, he's a dual threat quarterback like that. I, I think he's probably faster than Mahomes, I'd say running wise. Um, so you got to deal with that. And, you know, like Nick said earlier, I mean, he's, he's figured out his passing quite a bit since last year. Um, and they got some weapons on that team. So, um, you know, I think you do got to get him moving a little bit, but I don't think you can be bringing five guys, six guys, whatever to get after him. I think we got to really try and get after him with a three man rush and, and, um, you know, drop back in coverage, run a little bit of a spy action and everyone's got to do their job, stay home and, uh, you know, then our secondary has got to be the ones making the plays. Yeah, you kind of actually just hit on my next question was, do you guys think we're going to be spying at all this game and who is it going to be? My thoughts initially went to Jalen, but I think Joe Thomas might be the guy. Nick, what In- do you think? Interesting. Um, 
I like I like the thought process just because I think that Joe Thomas has really earned a lot of respect this season. He's played tremendous. Um, I just think that um, Jalen line uh, matches up better athletically. You know, um, he's got a higher top end speed laterally. Um, you know, at least he, he's supposed to be able to move better. Um, and then I also like having Joe play in the middle of the field because he's honestly looked better than Jalen this year. Um, so I think that I would rather have him watching the middle and just give Jalen just one task, let him allow him to use his pure, like, cause his athleticism is off the charts. Um, you know, Kyler, Kyler's probably got him beat, but I mean, I think that they match. I think that he's a better matchup athletically, and I think that Joe has played in space better. Jalen, even though Jalen's playing the will, uh, he's calling plays, right? Yes. Okay, that's what I thought. Um, but so far as secondary goes, um, I mentioned it earlier with having Anthony Brown back there. I I was kind of shocked that we really didn't see much from Diggs last game. Because that would have been the game for him. You know, he wasn't going to be guarding a, a w, or wide receiver number one. Um, he wasn't guarding Slayton all game. Obviously, Anthony Brown was. But we really didn't see that, like, breakout game with him, you know, a few pass breakups or anything like that. Um, how do you think you we fare with DeAndre Hopkins being guarded by Anthony Brown? Because, in my opinion, that's who he should be shadowed by all game. Yeah, Um just back back to Diggs real quick. I think that if he would have came, ended up coming away with that interception when he tried to jump the route, I think it's a, a completely different conversation. Yeah. Um, you know, because a couple of pass breakups and a, and a timely interception make you look like an absolute stud. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, I think that no matter who we put on him, DeAndre Hopkins is a problem. Um, he's, in my opinion, the best wide receiver in the NFL. He's... He's a problem. I'm not really sure that we have anybody who can match up with him one on one. You almost have. I'm gonna, to, if you want to, go ahead. No, I'm going to argue your claim of best wide receiver in the league a little bit later in the show. Just saying. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, I just, I just don't know um, how we can match up one on one with a guy like that. Um, I think that you know a couple years from now. Hopefully Diggs continues to progress, and then maybe we could talk about that. But at a mo at at the moment, Anthony Brown's our guy, and uh, I think he's I think he's in for a rough day. Yep. Sage, I, I know I know you had texted me earlier in the Cowboys game against the Giants, uh, talking about Demarcus, and you were like, "When is this man gonna play like we actually paid him?" Or something along those lines. Or like, when is he going to play like the play, player he's supposed to or something like that? And I don't know if he heard you last week. I know. Right after I texted <laughs> that, he made plays. Yeah. That strip like, sack. It was like the first plays he's made all year. Yeah. And, I, and what? He's one of the highest paid defensive line guys in the league? I think he's the third highest now. Yeah. So one of the highest paid, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, if you're making that type of money, you got to be playing at that type of level, right? So, I mean, he's been kind of irrelevant all season. And then I texted you that. Um, and, um, yeah, I, I, all of a sudden he got that strip sack and, and looked great. So, hopefully he can just keep playing that level because I love that. Um, yeah. And then did I text you about 
somebody in that game, and it was like another D line, I think, um, of just Griffin. like awful, yeah, awful effort. I mean, yeah. like could have had an angle on this guy and just jogged to I him. Can, I can I can tell you the arm. exact the exact play it was. It was the Evan Ingram uh, reverse for a touchdown. Yeah, and and I mean like. The whole time when he's, like, trying to line him up and get an angle, he's jogging, Spence. Jogging. And, oh, I mean, I'm like, it was so visible. I And no effort. And, I mean, if you put a little effort in it, hey, maybe you don't get him. But at least, like, you're close and you're, you you can maybe get an angle and you slow him down maybe and then help comes and you make the play. I mean, dude, it, it was pitiful, the effort, and it, it it caught my eye so much that I literally had to text you about it, and I, I did because I didn't see who it was, and I was like, who was that? That was yeah. awful. Yeah, for you guys listening, Sage and I didn't watch the game this week um, together, but it quite literally sounded like Sage was yelling through a text message at me, not, not towards me. It was at me. He was like, Spencer, <laughs> what is he doing? And I'm like, dude, I don't know. I really so don't funny, know. It's so funny. I always text Spence, like, everything that I just know I'm not going to remember. Like, it's just, like, these little things. And I'm just like, hey, add that on to the list for the pod. You know, I mean, it's just like – and that was just one of them. And I was so angry. And, of course, because we're messaging Tom during the whole game, and he's just messaging us all this crap about Slayton and, and – Yeah, talk, and talking about – going back to our D-backs. Nick, you'll, you'll enjoy this. So uh, – Obviously, we talked a lot about my cousin Tom last week. He's a huge Giants fan. Uh, Giants suck, Tom. Sorry. Um, but uh, Tom was texting us and goes, hope you guys know that I'm going to message you every time that Slayton catches a ball. Slayton catches one. He texts us the number one. Slayton catches two, two, three, four, five. And we're like, shut up. Jesus. I actually responded once he got to five. Uh, Spence was getting a little ticked off with him and just said, shut up, Tom. Like, we get it. And I said, don't worry, Spence. He won't be able to know what comes after five anyways. <laughs> <laughs> you actually mentioned something after, uh, like, it was uh, after number said, one. Or no, it was, it was like number, number one. It was after like four. You go, yes, Tom, that is the amount of penalties that the Giants have right now or something like that. <laughs> no, I, it, well, no, I, I, I said, uh, Yes, that is the amount of offensive penalties the Giants have right now. Good work, yeah. Tom. <laughs> <laughs> All right, going back to uh, little final words about the uh, Cardinals game. Um, you know, they're fresh off of uh, two bad losses so far this year. They're 3-2. and two. Um, They're a good team. They really are. Um, but, again, we're trying to scratch and fight our way back to stay at the top of the division. Um, Andy... You know, we hope we know he's not Dak. We know he's not. But you know, the guy's been to four playoffs. Um, he has four ten-win seasons, and he has experience. He has what you want as a backup quarterback. He is the best-case scenario to not having Dak as your starter or not having one of these high-paid quarterbacks as your starter. But that being said, you know. It's a totally different game with Andy Dalton versus Dak as your quarterback. We're going to change game plan a lot. We're going to probably heavily rely on the run game. Um, but hopefully that frees up over the top, um, you know, lets him, lets the old red rifle uh, chuck the ball down the field a little bit. Yeah. Do you yeah. think McCarthy's going to actually run more, though? Like, do you think? 
No, absolutely not. I was just hopefully thinking that in my head. Verbally. <laughs> Speak it into existence. Yes. Come, if, on. Come on, big big Mike. We know you want to. Big Mike, listen to the pod. Let Zeke run the ball 30 times a game, please. He's the best player on your offense. Give him the damn ball. <laughs> um, yeah, so he's definitely not Dak Prescott, but, um, you know, Andy Dalton is a, is a damn good quarterback in his own right. You know, like Spencer was saying, like he's got his own accolades. He did he did a lot of good things in, in uh, Cincinnati, particularly when they had good offensive lines. Now, there was an argument uh, over the offseason about whether the Cowboys should, should just pull the franchise tag and just roll into the season with Andy Dalton. Now, I'm not saying it was a good argument, but there were some people making the argument. You know, so if you have a guy like that, if you have a guy like that, uh, who can even inspire people to think that? Um, it's pretty pretty good place to start with a backup quarterback. It's funny you mentioned that. Um, I forget where I heard that from actually. Huh? Where 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 did I hear that, Nick? Actually, it wasn't it wasn't ESPN. Um, it wasn't Fox Sports. It wasn't Colin. Um, do you remember? I don't remember. Um, well, what you're alluding to is that I maybe would have had would have suggested that the Cowboys come into the season with a different quarterback. Um, but the stump that I was willing to die on was the Tua Tagovailoa, um, and you know, Andy Andy Dalton's okay, but um, you know that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, we'll we'll put that to bed. We'll we'll just end right there. No, uh, we uh, we got a tough game. Um, you know, it just seems like every week is is a must win at this point. Um, Cardinals are a good team. They uh, they're lacking a little bit on defense now. Only three takeaways this year. Um, they just lost Chandler Jones. I don't know how long he's out. Um, that's a big loss for that defense. But uh, you know, going back to what originally started this week with the pod, uh, Dak, we hope the best for you. Um, it's going to be a long road ahead. Uh, you know you have three fans right here wishing you the best. Um, we're behind you. We know that Cowboys Nation's behind you. Um, again, just wishing the best and a speedy recovery for you, man. Uh, I know that Nick wanted to uh, say a little something about you. Um, take it away, Nick. Yeah. Um, so originally I was really worried about his health uh, long term and his ability to even come back and play. Um, but as more information has become available um, – Everything seems to inspire a whole lot of confidence. Um, a couple of things that I found um, that seem to be pretty pertinent. Um, there's two very similar injuries uh, who have with high profile guys who have had similar surgeries and come back and had very uh, meaningful careers afterwards. Uh, one being Connor Barwin, um, who actually had the, a similar surgery before he played for the Eagles. Um, and then he proceeded to be a pain in our ass um, for multiple, multiple years. Um, so that's good. I know he reached out and tweeted at Dak that he was going to come back better, uh, better than ever. So um, that's kind of, you know, uh, good to see. But another one uh, that is going to be interesting, Darren Sproles. Uh, Darren Sproles had a really nasty break in his ankle, um, had a, a similar surgery with a compound fracture. Um, and ended up coming back. And the thing that Darren is known for is his lateral movement, his quickness. Um, you know, and if a guy can come, a guy can come from an injury like Dak just had, and still be one of the best guys with side to side 
lateral movement, you know, just quick, explosive guys. Um, I think that that's going to be, you know, I think that's going to be really, I think that's really encouraging to see for Dak um, and his outlook, you know. Um, so Yeah, that's, I, that, that, that's definitely encouraging. Um, you always like to see uh, guys come back from injuries like this, and you never want to see something bad like this happen to anyone. Like, no matter if it's, a Philadelphia Eagle or, uh, you know, a New York Giant or any of your rivals, you never want to see someone get hurt, regardless especially, of any any injury. Like human of yeah. Dak's quality. Yes, exactly. Someone as, I don't want to say a high standard as Dak has set himself as, but, you know, just a overall great human being. Yeah. And Nobody has anything bad to say about the guy. Exactly. And uh, that kind of leads us into our uh, NFL news and recap for this past week. Nick, uh... I think someone actually returned to the field from a uh, injury. Who was that? Yeah, uh, so Alex Smith came back this week, which, um, you know, he plays for Washington. So um, there's a little bit of animosity there. But you have to just take a step back and just appreciate the journey that Alex Smith went through. Um, from that from that break, I mean, God, you for anybody who's seen the video, it's it's one of the most gruesome injuries you could have watched. I mean, Dax was bad, but Alex's was really bad. It um, was Joe Theismann, basically. Yes, exactly. Re, I mean, 2.0. Um, it was it was hard to see, um, and you know, it's hard to imagine that a guy can come back from something like that and even you know strap up a helmet. Uh, just to, just to see him step back out on the field and be able to compete. Um, you know, it says a lot to his character. Um, and, you know, it's great to see a guy come back from something like that, especially the same week that uh, our quarterback goes down with a with a pretty nasty injury. Yeah, it was good to see in the game of standing ovation and everything. And, you know, it was very heartwarming. Um, yeah. I know uh, another news. Um, we keep talking about rookies. Uh, Sage uh, is very infatuated with a, a certain rookie Not infatuated I'm... i i believe infatuation <laughs> is the correct term that we want to use uh sage who's got you excited on the west coast justin herbert my dude justin dude this dude reminds me of a mini mahomes i mean this guy moves well he throws the ball with a lot of accuracy and he can throw it on the run, cross his body, whatever. And he made some really great plays against the Saints. Um, went toe-to-toe with uh, Drew Brees. Went to overtime. And, you know, unfortunately, they didn't win that game. But, I mean, you know, to keep it that close with the Saints um, as a rookie and, and kind of, you know, put Drew Brees on, on the, you know, thin ice there, I, I think it was pretty cool to see. Um, I think he's got some big things, you know, in his future coming. I he's been playing really well and, you know, to like go into a season and, and not be the starter and then kind of like go into a game, you know, when you're not ready to do it. And he had to go in against Kansas city and nearly beat Kansas city. Um, I mean, like he's delivering. Um, and I think that's like another thing of like why people are like, kind of like open, like their eyes are like open to this guy right now is cause like he just, nobody expected him to play, you know, this year. And then he comes in and he's like actually doing a really, really good job. So, you know, hats off to him. And I will say another uh, player I am infatuated. I, no, I, but just, just, uh, I don't know. Uh, 
takes a great football player. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This guy is the best wide receiver in the league right now. So, uh, So this is my argument to you, Nick. DK Metcalf is absolutely insane. I mean, this guy is Megatron 2.0, Des Bryant, whatever you want to call him. He is in- incredible. And, I mean, he, he went on that last game-winning drive with Seattle to keep them um, undefeated um, in the rain, made an incredible catch on the goal line there um, on the last drive to win that game. I mean, the dude made insane plays, and I, I'm saying right now he's going to be my first pick in next year's fantasy football draft. Bold, bold. <laughs> but you good. better you better hope you have a really high pick, bro, because he's gonna be <laughs> off the board fast. Uh, no, you- uh, I'm telling you, dude, he is the best wide receiver in the league right now, in my opinion. And, and he he's 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 big, he's fast, he's um he's aggressive. Like he goes up, he grabs the ball, you know. Like and that's like what you want to see out of receiver, and that's like what like Megatron was, Dez was. Um, they're just like vicious guys, and he's that type. But he's a different breed. You they don't you make. Go ahead, Nick. They don't make very many people like him. He's, you know, 230 pounds and he runs a 4-3-40. And he can jump, you know, he can jump out of the stadium. So um, he's an, an impressive specimen for sure. And he's just yes. scary to look at. Like you said, he's big. He's got like a dark visor and everything. Like he's literally a, a Des Bryant like, or a Megatron. He's freaking scary. And his hands have duct tape on him. I mean, oh, he, he doesn't, draw. He doesn't drop anything. Nothing. I would say to the two guys that you just pointed out, the future is bright in the NFL. And the Chargers might be the best 0-4 team I've seen in a very long time. You know, whatever uh, whatever coach is fortunate enough to have uh, Justin Herbert next year, because, you know, your 0-4 and Anthony Lynn is obviously on the hot seat just because of that, is going to be very fortunate. But, again, the future is bright. A lot of young stars. Um Sage, you kind of mentioned uh, one of those young stars I wanted to talk about was uh, the Chiefs. I I don't want to say I said it, but I I did say it last week. I really said the Raiders were going to take down the Chiefs, and you guys are like, really? And I'm like, I just have a feeling, man, 13 and a half points, way too much. And it's just like the Chiefs showed a lot of weaknesses on offense. Um, There was a lot of three or four man rush from the Raiders, which I feel like Patrick Mahomes should be uh, kind of used to by now, but it just seems like receivers couldn't get separation. Obviously Tyreek Hill is the fastest player, fastest man on the planet besides Usain Bolt right now. Um, But it just seems like he couldn't get separation. Hardman just, he had a decent game and then Sammy Watkins was out to lunch. Um, (laughs) But, uh, you know, I even read a little report from Mahomes after the game. He was like, we can't rely on me breaking a tackle and making these insane plays. And I know he didn't mean it that uh, he was kind of saying everything was on him in the offense. But uh, it was creative sports writing, as you will. You know, it made it seem like Mahomes was kind of saying that. Um, but he's right. Like, they have to really have an efficient offense where they normally do. And Travis Kelsey had a good game. But – Again, it just seems like in those dire situations, they find themselves down 14 points at the end of the game. It's like, man, what are they going to do? Um, but, again, I did call it. I did call it. Uh-huh. I did call it. <laughs> oh, whoop de doo Spence. You were right on one freaking call. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got to give it to you. You did, you did call that, man. 
Um, but you know what? Mahomes is right. It can't all be on. Like, you can't count on a quarterback to be perfect. You know, the Packers did that to Aaron Rodgers for a lot of years. The uh, the Chiefs, you know, they have a lot of firepower, but they can't rely on him to be perfect. And you know what? The Dallas Cowboys can't freaking expect Dak Prescott to be perfect every game either. You know, if he if he throws an incompletion, you can't blame the loss on him. The guy's having a phenomenal year, and he was catching a lot of shit. I can bet I, you any amount of money that Dak's not going to throw an interception the rest of the year. Uh, wow. <laughs> Bold move, Spencer. Bold, Bold prediction, Spence, over here. Um, I think the Chiefs are a team that, like, when they play, like, a very, very, very bad team, like, yeah, they'll blow them out. But if it's, like, a mediocre team compared to, like, a team like the Ravens that's a very good team, they play to, like, their competition level almost. And, and, you know, they get in these close games with, like, San Diego and then, you know, they lose to the Raiders. And, like, by no means are the Raiders a bad team, but are they a Super Bowl team? No, you know? And, um... I just think they play to their competition a little bit too much, and you know that can hurt them, especially when they play good teams. And that's why they always beat the Ravens because the Ravens are a good team, and then they just show up and they play and they win. Yeah, I mean, even with the Raiders, like that—that that was a huge game because it was a divisional game, and like it matters that much more. I mean, I know it's one blemish on their record this year, but still, it's like you kind of said, Sage. They do play down a little bit, and during that uh, Patriots game, they really didn't look fantastic you know it, if cam it seems like, in that game they win i that's that's my next thought <laughs> that's a yeah that's a a very a very good argument to be made that was one of my predictions that week and then he gets covid like what are you doing bud <laughs> stay inside cam wear a Come mask on. did he not listen to the podcast and listen that i picked that he was gonna put himself in patriots legacy and take down the chiefs at arrowhead did he not listen like i think i think he just doesn't like you and he did listen mm. and i have him <laughs> on fantasy speaking Ouch. of bold predictions boys it's that time two minutes real time it's bold prediction time so little recap on the season um and last week uh sage you're uh 0.5 out of two last week uh, uh you know I'm always 0.5 yeah, you get like half right. We really got to change the scoring system where you either get it all right, you get it nothing. Um, you said Matty Ice was over 327 yards in a win versus Carolina. Neither of those happened. And you said two a time and a dub over the Niners. Well, it seems like Fitz Magic is just – he's ageless. He's throwing touchdowns. And they kicked the living crap out of the 49ers. That was incredible. Um, you know – I didn't mention this earlier, but Jimmy Garoppolo got benched. I don't even know what's going to happen in San Fran. Um, but, Nick, you are uh, one for two last week. Well done, buddy. Um, you said Minshew was going to throttle the Texans. They were going to win by double digits. And the Bears would take down uh, the Bucks. Uh, you said Big Dick Nick was going to take down Timmy Brody. And uh, you did. So I give you one out of two. And Boom. <laughs> boom. I was one for two last week. Obviously, we know I got the Raiders, right? And uh, I said the Colts would beat the Browns. I thought the Browns would only score. Uh, we get it, less, Dick. You called it. Less than 10 points. But uh, obviously, I didn't get that one right. Um, so on the season, we're actually all tied at one and a half out of six. So. Uh, well, that's <laughs> terrible. Yeah. We're, the, we're, the we're the NFC East of bold predictions. Yes. <laughs> but that's why they're bold predictions. They're not meant exactly. to really be right. Am I right? 
All right, so I'm going to start the clock. Um, you guys have the schedule in front of you, right? Um, I'll yeah. go first. Um, and uh, we're going to go right now. So I'm going to go bold predictions. I know they're not meant to do it, but Joe Burrow, I didn't like the way the Colts looked last week. I think he's going to come in there with three touchdowns. And, yes, I know the Bengals look terrible against the Ravens. But Joe Burrow coming out with a dub, beating the Colts, three touchdowns. Um, Sage, how about you? Uh, my first bold prediction is Baker Mayfield um, is going to go down to or go over to Pittsburgh and beat the Steelers to give them their first loss, and they will beat them by nine. There you go, back to the nine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Nick, how about you? Um, I think that um, Matt Ryan and the Atlanta Falcons are going to finally pull it, put it together. Um, and I just think that there's too much firepower on that offense for them to not be able to catch a dub somewhere. And I just think they're due. And uh, I think they're going to do it in Minnesota this weekend. Okay. My, uh, my second bowl prediction, I think it's going to be the least scoring game of the week. Uh, it's between the Washington, whatever you want to call them, and the New York Giants. I think that the Giants are getting their first dub this week, and I think they win 15-10. to 10. Exactly 15-10. to 10. If it's, if it's not 15-10, to 10, I lose. Ouch. Yeah. All right, Sage. Uh, my second bold prediction is uh, – <laughs> it's got – I think it's bold. Um, Andy Dalton is going to throw for two touchdowns over 250 yards, and we are going to beat the Cardinals. And I'll just throw in there for good fun. Zeke's going to also rush for two touchdowns. Oh, wow. That's at least 28 points right there. Nice. Yes, it's going to be a great game. I, I think we're going to have a very spirited effort with, you know, because of Dak, I think these guys are going to show up and they're going to play well. All right, Nick, how about you? Um, I think that the Houston Texans are going to go in and just um, beat the hell out of an unorganized Tennessee team um, who actually doesn't look too bad right now while we're recording this. Um, they're, they're playing pretty tough against the Bills. Um, but I think that they're going to go to Tennessee and they're going to pull out a win um, against a team that's kind of just, you know, they've had a rough go of it with the COVID. So. Yep. All right, folks, there's our uh, bold predictions for the week. Um, we'll uh, come back next week, and we'll let you know how we did. Uh, I think we all talked about it earlier. We suck at bold predictions, but, again, that's what makes it fun. It's bold. You know, it's, we're having a good time doing it. Um, our next segment here is our Boys Scorching 5. Uh, little scoreboard uh, rearrangement, actually. We all are right there. Um, Sage is actually just Oh, slightly above us. One game. Um, I am the me and, king. Me and Nick are both four and four. Sage is five and three. Um, last week, well, actually this week, of course, um, Tennessee and Buffalo are playing right now, currently as we're recording. Uh, so I scratched that from the list. Also last week they got postponed. They're gonna stop with COVID, man. We just want football. Um, I do love Tuesday night football, but come on, be smart, wear a mask, you know, stay inside, whatever you gotta do. But uh, this week. Our five best games of the week. Um, I chose these strictly on record um, and good matchups. I felt like um, we got the Browns 4-1 at the Steelers 4-0. I think that's a great game. AFC North uh, going to be pretty high scoring in my opinion. Um, then we got the Ravens versus the Eagles. I like to throw this one in there because 
there's something about the Ravens that doesn't excite me where I never want to see the Eagles win. But, you know, it's a good game. Um, then we got the Bears, for, uh, the Bears versus the Panthers. I think I said it last week. The Panthers look great. They're coming off two great wins. Um, Mike Davis is probably the best fantasy pickup for anyone's team in a long time. Filling in great for McCaffrey. Then we got the Packers versus the Bucks. Two quarterbacks, uh, Rodgers and Brady going at it. And then probably the game of the week, barring if the Bills win tonight, they'll be undefeated going into the Chiefs game. Uh, it's the Bills versus the Chiefs. Another high-powered matchup, Josh, Josh Allen versus uh, Patrick Mahomes. And uh, those are our five. Uh, we're going to run down the list real quick, see what we got. All right, so Browns, Steelers. Uh, Nick, who do you like in that one? Uh, Steelers. Um, Big Ben looks good. Um, I really like, especially, how about Chase Claypool coming out of nowhere? You know, All the man does is score touchdowns. I, he, he's a machine, just churning and burning. Um, yeah, but I think that uh, Big Ben, Juju, and Claypool are just going to be too much for them to handle. Okay, Sage. Browns. OBJ follows me on Twitter. That's why he does, the, folks. The loyalty. And if you want to fact <laughs> check it, at Sage Karam as his Twitter. It's in the bio below. Check it out. It'll we'll prove you right. Um, yep. uh, I like the. This one's tough. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Browns. I'm gonna go with the Browns. And then uh, our second yeah. game. Um, I got to catch up with you on the leaderboard, man. (laughs) (laughs) Our second game, the Ravens-Eagles. Sage, coming back to you, what do you think? Oh, man. Um, I'm going Eagles. Okay. I'm feeling an upset. I don't know. I feel like the Eagles are going to have a good game for some reason. I don't like that feeling, but I feel like they're going to have a good game. So I'm going Eagles. Okay. Nick, how about you? I know this is a Dallas Cowboys podcast, but hey. Hey, man, good football is good football. You know, we have to be realistic about the people in our division. Uh, with that being said, uh, I'm going Ravens. Uh, Lamar, um, I just think that it's going to come down to Lamar versus Wentz. They're two of the better young quarterbacks in the league. Um, and I just think Lamar is going to pull it out. I'm also going Lamar. I think Lamar is, uh, you know, he's Lamar. He's ha- He hasn't had a great year, but I think he's just going to have one of those games um i think and i actually got a pause in the podcast right now because uh the jets just released Le'Veon bell oh um so that's just hot news you know we'll throw it in there take it for what it's worth but uh you know free agent on the board that Le'Veon bell folks um but back to our uh, scorching five um bears panthers uh, I'm going to start this one off with I'm very high in the Panthers. Um, I'm going to take the Panthers. Uh, I think Teddy Bridgewater is having a good past three weeks, and he's putting that team together. I mentioned Mike Davis at Panthers on that one. Uh, Sage, how about you? I'm going Bears. He likes the Bears, I folks. I don't have a reason why I'm going with the Bears, but I'm going Bears. Ah, Bears. Nick, how about you? I, I like the Panthers. Um I think that uh, Nick Foles blew his load on uh, on Tampa Bay, and I don't think he's I don't think he's gonna build, <laughs> I don't think he's got anything for the Panthers this week. Uh, Mike Davis has looked really good. Teddy Bridgewater's playing solid, and I think uh, I think they're gonna come out with a dub. Okay, uh, moving on to our 
Sunday afternoon or is this Sunday night or Sunday afternoon or late Sunday game, the Packers versus the Bucks, the two goats going at it, Brady and Rogers. Uh, I like, hmm, I'm going to see what you guys pick and then I'm going to make my decision. I'm going to think about it. Uh, Nick, I'm going to go over to you. Packers, Bucks. Uh, I'm taking Tom Brady specifically um, coming off a loss in Chicago um, and now at home. Um, I just think that Tom's going to have a strong performance, and uh, I think that the Bucks are going to take care of business. I am going to go with Green Bay. Um, I feel Rodgers is playing really, really well right now. That offense is clicking. Defense is playing well. Um, Tom's coming off a loss. And also, I don't know if you guys watched the Bucks game. I've never seen Tom Brady get sacked so many times in my life. Um, so I think if there's more pressure like that, they're going to lose. I'm taking the Bucks strictly. Actually, no, no you said not, it. No, I'm taking the Packers. I'm taking the Packers. Never mind. I changed it. Wow. And, and then our final final game, Chiefs Bills. Uh, I'm gonna start this off. I said I'm never gonna bet on bet against Josh Allen, and I'm gonna hold true to that. I'm gonna stick with Josh Allen. I I think he's great. I love him. You know, he's like six ten or you're, you know seven foot five. I am infatuated with Josh Allen. You heard it here, folks. I am infatuated with Josh Allen and the Bills. Bills. Wow. Nick? Um, I – man, these are pretty tough. Uh, um, a lot but, of good games this week. Yeah. yeah. I'm going ha- to have – I'm going to have to go with the Chiefs uh, for the sole reason that they're coming off of a loss. And I don't think that Mahomes, Cheetah, and Andy Reid or Kelsey – um, I just I just don't think they're gonna let it happen two weeks in a row. Okay, I agree with Nick. I will be going with the Chiefs. Mahomes is a Mahomes is a freak, and um, yeah, two losses in a row. I just don't see that in their forecast. Um, but you know, I mean, I think that's probably the best game of the week. Um, I think it'll be close. A hell of a game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Joshua, like you said, has has been, or uh, Josh Allen's been playing incredible and. Uh, you know, that team's been firing on all cylinders. So I think it's going to be a great game, but I, I think Mahomes is, is in a different world, and I think he'll pull out a win, uh, being the leader he is. To be I, fair, um, I, I think that the Chiefs are going to come out with the dub, but I really hope that the Bills win. <laughs> like I'll, I'm going to be pulling for, for Josh Allen. I'm not going to lie. I strict, strictly pick that game only on heart and hoping that the Bills win the game. <laughs> It's very possible that they win that game. Like I agree. I agree. Yeah. I'm just literally like just like Nick said, like I'm just literally picking that the Chiefs just because I do not see them losing two in a row. Yeah. yeah. So uh that was our scorching five for uh this week. Uh, again, check back next week and hopefully there's a little mix up at the top of the leaderboard. We're trying to dethrone Sage here. Um <laughs> Ooh. Uh, you well, know I'm gonna be dethroned because I picked the freaking Eagles. <laughs> yeah, I mean we we can only hope because of that reason. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna move on to uh, my SK Pickums, my five weekly betting picks. Last week, this is I can't even make this up. This is a trend. Three weeks in a row, I'm two for five. Um, Seahawks and Bucks didn't cover, and the Colts lost. Um, but I lot I won a lot of money. I actually bet on a ten team parlay, and I won the first six legs of it. So I cashed out. I won a huge amount of money. I think it was like 190 bucks, something like that. Um, but this week, my five picks, 
Uh, I really like the Panthers, two and a half over the Bears. It's going to be a close game, in my opinion. Um, Bears defense looks good, but I like the Panthers. Um, I, uh, I'm, I'm taking the Browns money line versus the Steelers. I think the value is too good. Um, then I think I said it earlier, uh, in the lowest scoring game of the year, the New York football giants are going to take down the Washington football team, uh, money line. I like that one. And then, uh, I like the Packers money line versus the bucks. And I don't know which one of you two said it last week. I think it might've been Nick. Oh no, it was Sage it, with your bold predictions. Uh, you you liked Matt Matty Ice to get their first win last week. Um, but uh, Dan Quinn's gone, the GM's gone. I I like the Falcons plus three and a half uh, this week versus the Vikings. I think they're gonna win, but the value is a lot better with the line. So I'm gonna take uh, Falcons at plus three and a half. Spence, you realize, <laughs> you know, you've been two and five every week. That kind of sounds like the bold predictions. Um, you know, kind of percentage, and you know those are supposed to be like that. And then this um, little thing segment we do here, the, this is the segment you're supposed to have more right than wrong, so our viewers make money. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, you're not doing a great job. But but the thing is, I put <laughs> I put a bunch of these in like a parlay. You know, these are just like if I had to put a lock for this week, honestly. I'd probably say the Giants. Honestly, that would that would be my lock for this week. I think they're going to get their first win. So, who knows? I'm two for five, like you said, for the last three weeks in the season. So, what do I know, right? No, so that uh that that kind of wraps up what we we're talking about. Um, again, going back to Cowboys uh, conversation here. Uh, we always like to leave you guys off on a positive note. Um, talking about the Cowboys. Um, we are two and three. Um, we're which is crazy to think about that we're top of the division right now. Disgusting. Um, yeah, it's absurd. And uh, we uh, we're going in this week. Like I said earlier in the show, it's seems like every week some must-win uh, game. And I'm gonna I'm gonna take it over to Nick here. Uh, Nick, any final thoughts for our viewers out there? Um. Well, just trying to. Keep faith in Andy Dalton, basically. You know, red rifle, just pull us through, baby. I I have faith in Andy. I really do. I don't know. There's a lot of skepticism. You can go on the old Google machine. You can go on the old Twitter. You can uh, you can go <laughs> check Google it out on machine. <laughs> <laughs> you can go check it out on uh, Instagram or whatever they call that social media platform. There's a lot of skepticism out there for Andy Dalton haters. And uh, I I think there's a lot of weapons around him. Um, he's a veteran. He's going to hold his How own. How many playoff wins does he have? Uh, <laughs> uh, none. None? None? Zero. Zero. So he's like... Pretty good though. He's been, he's won the division four times. He has so, one he has one less win than Tony Romo. Yeah, exactly. And how many playoffs did Tony Romo go to? Five, I think. Five. Something like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm not exactly sure. Thinks Tony's a god. He's the goat. I don't want to hear any slander against Tony Romo. So they are not even close Andy, to the same. Andy Dalton is just as good Tony as Romo Tony Romo. <laughs> Tony Romo's a saint. 
Tony Romo also thought that Dak just had a had cramp. A, yeah, that was <laughs> that was one of the worst calls in TV history. Tony, I love you, bud, but that was just awful. That wasn't <laughs> it, man. No, I believe in Andy. I believe in Andy. I think he's going to be good. I I think um, the big thing with him is he's got experience. You know, out of all the backups in the league, nobody has the experience like he does. You know, it's it's one thing being like a rookie and being a decent player and coming into the league with no experience, and you might have like a, you know, you might have a good game or something, or but you're probably going to make a lot of mistakes. Like Andy Dalton's probably made every single mistake you can make and made him more than once, you know, and I'm sure he's learned from them all. And honestly, looking at who's out there and stuff and who would be available, I don't know of any other guy, you know, that I would want to take over right now, to be honest. So I'm looking forward to it. There's nobody. Andy's the best option. Yeah, I agree with you both. Uh, Go ahead, Sage. No, and he just, I was just really happy to see that he came in and did his job. And still led the team to a win. Like, that's baller. How happy were you that it's um, Andy Dalton and not Cooper Rush? Yeah, exactly. Like, if it's if it's Cooper Rush, like, we could just end the podcast this season. Like, Hasht- you know. Hashtag tanking. I don't want to hear any <laughs> Cooper Rush slander either. That man is a preseason superstar. He throws well, for more. the real season. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Hey, we could... Hey, we could just tank and uh, maybe don't go even, after don't, Trevor, don't, Trevor don't Lawrence. Even stop, 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 just stop, stop. <laughs> just saying. Next time on. <laughs> well, this show is great. <laughs> Next time I'm breaking down the boys. Nick and Spencer get into a physical argument about Trevor Lawrence. Fun fact, uh, I'll actually be home next week. So, um, you know. So we fun fact, <laughs> yes, and actually maybe next week we might do a little early podcast. Who knows? We'll see. Um, yeah. Uh, but no, uh, going forward this week, uh, Cardinals game. You know, we'll see how the Red Rifle does. Uh, I know we're we're all excited to see. You know, hopeful to see. And uh, we're kind of just hoping for the best for Dak at this point. Uh, that's obviously the biggest storyline coming out of this past week. Um, Prayers up for number four, heart and soul of the team. And uh, two and three, trying to keep on top of the division, baby. And, uh, folks, I'll just leave you one last uh, final thought. And I guess you know it by now. It's uh, go, boys. Go, boys.